So uh, I just want to share a little bit with you um, about uh, some of the exciting stuff happening uh, as we move into next year and some of the kind of intentional focus that we are uh, going to take um, as, as a church community, kind of moving into the next season. And, uh, and I've titled it Awakening the Ecclesia. Uh, and you might go, what is he talking about? And uh, it's okay, we'll exp- I'll explain. Um, if you were here a few weeks back, I, I spoke on uh, kind of this, this idea, this concept, and uh, the understanding of oikos and ecclesia. So obviously the New Testament uh, was written in, uh, in Greek, in Koine Greek, and, uh, and these two words, uh, they are Greek words, oikos and ecclesia, um, but they, and they mean different things, um, but oikos is oftentimes translated as family or household or house uh, in the Bible, and, uh, and then the word ecclesia is where we get the word church from. That's where it's kind of translated into the word church. Now, um, these words are used to kind of represent uh, and give kind of meaning to and shape to an expression of the church of God, of the family of God. So we are God's family. We are his children. We spent a lot of time declaring it uh, this morning. Um, but God's, when God draws his people together, when he formed his family, it was not just to be his family before him, but also to be an expression of him to the rest of the world. So when we live uh, and how we live with each other, how we interact, how we love one another, the, uh, the physical expression of the church in the world is supposed to represent the, the heart and the nature of God. So God's family is to be a family and to express his familiness uh, to the world. So not God as a big, harsh, dictator judge. He is judge. (laughs) And he is, I mean, he is a dictator because he's God, not in the negative kind of way that we think about. But, you know, there is all those realities. But the way that he expresses himself to the world is as father. Which, again, I think sometimes, you know, as Christians, it just becomes really normal to think, oh, yeah, God's a father. That's not necessarily normal for other religious perspective to present God as a father. You mean as a, as a like a, a really family, like a loving, tender, uh, protecting, providing type nature. But that is who God is. So we are the oikos of God. We are the family of God, the household of God. Uh, and I think for us as, you know, we've, we've, got, a, we've got a great church family. Um, as with every family, there's dysfunction. As with every family, you know, there's maybe a few crazy uncles, um, but you know, but, and, and there's always more that we can do to, to be healthier as, as, a, as a church family, as a community. There's always more that we can do to improve that, but, but I, I love this family and we've, we've really invested a lot of time and energy to create a, a family culture, to create opportunity for connection uh, in that. And the family expression of God is vital uh, for the world to see God as he is. So it's really, really important that as, as the church, there is this expression of family. Um, it's vital to part of his plan of restoring creation to its original order. Like that's what God created. He created a people for himself in the garden that was lost. It's been restored through Christ and now it has been fully restored all throughout humanity. So the family expression of God's church helps to nurture, helps to gather in, helps to grow and to love the people of God and lead them into maturity as disciples of Jesus. 
So that's what the family does. The family supports, it nurtures, it gathers people, and it, it, it trains them to, to look more like Jesus. It gives healing, breakthrough, transformation, all the wonderful things that we love. So it's a place to connect. It's a place to grow. It's a place to uh, express who we are as God's children. Amen? All right, so that's the, the family expression of God. And then you've got this word church. Now, when we think church, you might think of a whole lot of different things. And oftentimes, the way that the word is used is when it either represents maybe a building, it might represent a, a, a time. So we, I go to church, um, and that might be, or I go to, you know, the, the building is called a church. Oh, that's a church. Or I go to church on a Sunday. Or, you know, we are the church as a, as a people. I prefer to think of it slightly different. <laughs> uh, you know, we are, we are the family of God. We are his household. We gather together in places and at particular times. But to rightly understand that word, church, or that word ecclesia, it's important that we look at the original context of what that was, which was a, uh, it was a, a governing word. It was uh, like, uh, as I've shared a few weeks ago, it's like the, the city council. It was a group of, of people that would um, administrate the affairs of a community and of a, of a region, of a city. Okay, So you imagine like you know, your local city councillors, they make decisions that impact the welfare of the people in a particular city. So Jesus borrows this language and he says, this is what my church is going to be like. So my family... That love, my, my household, is, is, is this group of people. But they are also going to administrate the affairs of the city and the region and the nation. They're going to make disciples of all nations, but they're actually going to spiritually govern what happens. It's part of the issue as, as the church in, in kind of Western culture is that we often remove ourselves from culture. We often kind of separate and we create our own kind of safe healthy environments so we know when we gather together there's certain kind of parameters of how we can express ourselves as Christians and it's kind of safe and we're not going to get persecuted and uh, you know no one's going to take us out for, 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 for following Jesus or for worshiping him whatever it is but then we don't know how do we take that reality out into the world so we end up um, removing ourselves from culture rather than embedding ourselves and transforming the culture around us. But that is what the church of God is supposed to be doing. So where there's been this dominant expression of the oikos of God, the family of God in the world, and then the main intention seemingly of the church is to have more gatherings together. So we say, I go to church at a particular time on a particular day, that is the church, and that's kind of what it gets confined to. But then all of these people who are gathering together every week and they're, they're, they're loving on God, it's great. They're learning about Jesus, they're connecting with one another, they're having coffee and food, you know, all of that sort of fun stuff, and they're all good parts of what you do in a family. But then people leave that time really not knowing, so what do I do now? Now I just try and be a good person for Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, until I get to be back in that church on a Sunday. That's not, in my opinion, <laughs> what I think God uh, destined to be the reality. 
God's like, no, 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 you're not going to be this kind of separated, disconnected group over here. You're actually going to be the dominant force of transformation in every family, in every neighborhood, in every city, in every nation, and the gates of hell is not going to be able to stop you. That's what Jesus said to Peter. You are Peter. You are my rock, and on this rock I will build my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So whatever is going on in culture, and where it might feel like, oh, we're we're losing the battle, we're losing the culture war, you know, things are becoming less and less Christian uh, in the world around us. That is true in Western culture. In other Eastern nations, the church is booming and thriving and amazing stuff happening. But in Western culture, that's that's not the case. And for me, I think, well, obviously it's not happening. We're losing the culture war because we're not in the culture transforming it with the culture of heaven. So what we want is we want, hey, that shouldn't be happening in schools and, hey, that shouldn't be happening in government and, hey, that shouldn't be happening in society. How, how dare it? And we, and we stomp our feet and we share that post. And, yeah, that'll make a, make a difference in the world. I'm not saying sharing information doesn't, maybe impact but probably really I don't know how many people have been transformed in their perspective by by reading a social media post it may have happened out there but I think most people know no this is where I stand and if I'm going to talk about stuff on social media I'm going to put out my perspective and I'm not putting it out there to have a discussion this is not discourse time this is my view against your view I'm not saying we, we shouldn't use the media sphere to, to impact culture, but the reality is Satan is using the media sphere to impact culture. Satan is using the educational sphere to impact culture. Satan is using the family sphere to impact culture. So if we understand what they call the seven mountains of influence in our society, they are being impacted intentionally by the kingdom of darkness to shape the culture of the world to look like hell, not like heaven. And until the church wakes up and says, oh, oh, that's our role. Oh, is that our responsibility? Not just to get together and have a good time and feel good and love on Jesus, but actually to take the love of God, the love of Christ out into the world, then we're going to continue to see the degradation of society to look less like heaven because the church isn't present in that place, equipped and trained and ready and empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and start to shift that culture. So we're not just to be the family or oikos expression of God's people. We are also called to be his church or his ecclesia in the earth. His ecclesia is the spiritual governing expression of God's kingdom on the earth. So the ecclesia expression of God focuses primarily on the expansion of his kingdom on the earth and the establishment of his rule and reign in every aspect of culture. The ecclesia is expressed when every member of God's family, so again, we still need family. We still need, when somebody meets Jesus, they still need a place where they can find home. They still need a place where they can come and gather, be empowered and equipped and sent out again into the world. We need that family expression. It's vital, but we need the kingdom, the the ecclesia expression of God equally. 
but it's when everyone is empowered, equipped, and released to impact and transform every sphere of influence that God has given to them to steward. It's about every person, every family, every neighborhood, every business and institution being impacted and shaped by the leaven of God's kingdom until it reflects the culture and reality of heaven. When this happens, his kingdom comes and his will gets done. That's what it looks like. So when Jesus says, pray that my kingdom would come and my will would be done. It's not just that, oh, cool, people would meet Jesus. That's one, that's one aspect of it. Yes, that's what the sickle on the wall is. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Pray to the God of the harvest to send out workers into that harvest field. And the harvest is people's souls being restored, people coming back into the kingdom. But it's not just people coming back in. It's heaven going back out again. My kingdom come and my will be done. So it looks like whenever Jesus is Lord, wherever Jesus is Lord, then his kingdom has come. And it's our responsibility to do that. So we need to shift from being on the retreat to on the front foot of cultural transformation. That's going to take heavenly strategy. It's going to take Holy Spirit wisdom and creativity. It's going to take us recognizing, oh, actually, wow, I don't, I don't go to church on a Sunday and then go to work on a Monday. It's I am the church on a Sunday and I am the church on a Monday and every single person is in full-time ministry to the Lord. Our old lives have, have passed away. Our new life has come. We have a new identity in Christ. We're no longer living for ourselves. We're living for Him, for Jesus, and we're living to see His kingdom come. That is the purpose of your life. If someone else has told you, no, your purpose is something else, I just can't find that in Scripture. It's like God says, this is your purpose now. This is your life now. Be transformed into the likeness of Jesus and then go and do what Jesus did. It's real simple. Come in, be trained, go out and transform. So in order to see this happen, our discussion at our senior leadership level is, well, how can we do this? How can we take our community to the next level to actually see this happen? How can we seek the welfare of the city and the region that we live in? How can we actually see every single person taking on that responsibility of carrying the kingdom of God into every place? Every one of you has a sphere of influence at what they call the ametron. Every one of you has a place where you have authority to impact. For some of you, it might be small. For some of you, it might be large. For some of you, it might be this size and God wants to make it this size. It doesn't really matter. It's kind of like uh, in a team where everyone has a, a different position that they're playing. And there's not just those players on the field. There's all of the support networks around it that help that team to thrive. Someone might have a really small job, but if they're not doing their job, then their job isn't getting done. So what we don't want is, is the kingdom to impact business, but not impact the family. We don't want it to impact education, but actually not impact the media sphere. We, we don't want it just to impact a whole city and yet miss out on particular families. So you might say, hey, look, I've just got this little sphere. I'm, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mum, and I've got kids, and, and I kind of interact with some neighbours, but I don't get a lot of time and space outside of that to do ministry and to do all these kingdom works and to do all this stuff you're talking about, Brad. I was like, no, you, you do, and that's exactly what you're to do. 
is to take that sphere and say, what can I do to see the kingdom of God come in this place, in my family and in my neighborhood? You might be in a, in a, in a workplace where you, you're the CEO, or maybe you're like bottom tier, just started, started work in that place. So you're like, I don't have anyone underneath me. I don't have a whole lot of opportunity. But God will give you creativity if you seek him to say, no, my kingdom can come in this place. That's his desire. Everywhere that you go, he goes. And everywhere that you go, he wants his kingdom to come. And he desires that his will would be done. Now, again, as as I've shared before, we've often trained people to do church ministry. So family oikos ministry. And that doesn't work to transform culture. That works in a particular culture. So again, me standing up here and talking to you and sharing things from the scriptures and and different ideas, that works here. If I go into your workplace and try to do this, imagine I rock up with my thing and, hi everyone, and people are going, who's this dude? Like, they're typing away on their computers and like, what are you you doing? Like, we're we're doing stuff here. Oh, I'm just here to preach a sermon to you. Uh, and you'll notice that, you know, people kind of do that. They take evangelism in that way. And they go, oh, well, it, it works in this context, in the church family context. Someone gets up and they preach from the Bible and people come forward and say yes to Jesus. Cool. I'm going to do that on the train. I'm going to do that on a street corner. Well, it works there. I've been super trained. I know exactly what they do and how they move around and the kind of words that they use and they do three points here and then they share a testimony and then they invite people forward, raise your hand and you pray a prayer. It works here. Surely it's going to work out there. And then what we find is it doesn't. It might work a little bit. But, but you know, like people, that's all they've understood. They've been trained for, for, for family ministry. They haven't necessarily been trained for kingdom ministry. So what we're wanting to do is train you for kingdom ministry. Is that good? All right, done, easy, no. So the first thing that we've looked at is how can we, we need to reshape our our leadership kind of frameworks for for the church family in order to release people to, um, to lead these kinds of things. So Part of this big thing is just, um, I don't, won't talk about all of that sort of stuff now, but we're allowing and giving space for the more apostolically wired people to have to intentionally put their focus in training, equipping, and releasing all of you as missionaries out into the world, okay? While still maintaining and growing a team of church family leaders, Okay, so we want to continue to shepherd people, to love people, to create a family environment, to pastorally care, to do all of those wonderful things, to have times where we can gather together. But what we found is that we're spending all of our time focusing on what happens when we gather together, but we weren't focusing our time and energy on what do we do when we scatter. And that's really important. Both of those things are important. So that's kind of part of of some of what we're shaping. Um, But the next uh, intentional investment that we're going to be doing starting in next year is what we've called Kingdom Life Leadership Academy. There we go. So this is essentially just training you all to be kingdom leaders, to impact the world. That's what it's all about. So equipping leaders for kingdom impact. Now, again, you might say, I'm not a leader. You are a leader. You might have one person following you. If they're following you, you're a leader. 
And if you think, oh, I'm not a leader. No, no, you're, you're wired by God to be a leader. You just need to find some people that can follow you. You just need to find some ways that you can start to impact and transform those around you. Every single person is called to make disciples. I say, oh, Brad, I'm a brand new Christian. How can I make disciples? If you're a Christian, you know more than someone who's not a Christian. Okay? So you're already in front there. You're already winning. All right? So it doesn't matter. And you might, but I know so little. That's okay. Take the little and let God multiply it. He's really good at doing that. I've heard some stories in the Bible about God taking little things and multiplying them. Okay? Come to me with your excuses, people. <laughs> Hit me with them. And I'll give you an answer that's going to twist it around and, and show you biblically as well. Not, I'm twisting. That sounds manipulative. Not at all. I'm going to empower you to see, man, you have so much on your life that you have to give to other people. You have so much that you can impact other people. And I think too often we've just believed the lies of the enemy is, oh, what do I have to offer? You've got Jesus. <laughs> Maybe you've got healthy relationships. Maybe you've got a good marriage Maybe you've got skills in, in a particular sphere. Whatever it is, maybe you've got breath in your lungs. <laughs> maybe you've got arms that can hug and embrace people. I've told this story before. Uh, Leisha and I did uh, the Love After Marriage uh, course. And uh, so it's uh, from uh, Bethel Church. They hosted one in Perth. And uh, it was really, really great kind of three-day uh, course that we were a part of. But uh, one of the instructors, there was an American couple... And they'd come over, and, and so the wife was doing a lot of the kind of leading of the sessions, uh, and, but the husband would just kind of wander around. His name was Phil, and, uh, and just, it just every now and then, he'd, like he'd come past me and other guys, and he'd just put his hand on my back and just, you know, just rub my back or give me a hug or do something like that. And uh, as we got to the end and we were sharing testimonies, and I just shared, I said, look, one of the most impacting things of this whole time, lots of great teaching, lots of great tools, but I just said, it's just, Phil, like just the way that you just like loved on me and just like a healthy older man just to embrace me and, and, to, and to love me in that way. And, and he started crying and he was like, you know, before we came to Perth, I was asking God, you know, what's, what's the gift that I have to give people? And God had spoken to him and said, I've given you the ministry of hugs. Maybe God's given you the ministry of hugs. So simple and yet so powerful. Like the way that that impacted me. And again, it doesn't mean it's going to impact everyone, but it, it it was how God chose to use him. He's thinking, well, like, I'm not eloquent to, to speak about things, and I don't know all of these concepts, but, man, what do I have to give? And really, that's the question we need to be asking God. What do I have to give to you, Lord? I've got, got a couple of loaves and a fish. That's all i got. <laughs> you know, there's a common phrase that Amy says, like, as a community, we are loaves and fishes people. But the reason why God does great things is because we yield our loaves and fishes to him. If that little boy in the parable, if he, if, if he kept all of that to himself, there would, there's no opportunity for multiplication. But what we're encouraging you to do is give him the little that you have and watch him multiply. Amen. So kingdom life is essentially the equipping arm of, of our church community. So it's how do we awaken the ecclesia? We need to equip you all, and all be equipped together to say, how do we actually see the kingdom of God come into every sphere of society? I'm not sure that, I, I feel like this is going to be something that will shift in the body of Christ, okay? Not just in our city. It is happening broader than, than what's going on, but, but prophetically what God is awakening right across the earth is this. So it's kind of, we're just prophetically 
being like, yes, Lord, we'll align to what you're doing, okay? The workload is significant. So we're not doing this just because it's a good idea. Um, as part of me is like, I don't know why we're doing this. Um, because it's huge, but it's, it's what God's onto. So we just say yes. We keep giving him our, our loaves and our fishes. But essentially, the purpose of Kingdom Life Leadership Academy is to equip people to lead and impact the world around them. So the goal is to raise leaders, not just for church family ministry, but also for kingdom ministry in the marketplace, impacting every sphere of society with God's kingdom present, presence. So we want to see everyone equipped to impact the world. As I said before, every one of you is a world changer. Can you say, I'm a world changer? Say it again, I'm a world changer. It needs to sink in. So Jesus has left us here on earth that we might have an imprint of him and his kingdom on the earth. That's why you're still here. You're not destined for heaven one day. <laughs> Your destiny is heaven today. So we're not just waiting around for Jesus to come. He's waiting around for his kingdom to come through you. So we need some paradigm shifts, I think. Amen? So the size of the impact is different for each of us. But unless we all understand who we are, why we're here, and how we can impact the world for Jesus, then his will won't be done and his kingdom won't come in the fullness that he desires. This is what it's all about. So it's not just even equipping you, it's possibly even reshaping some of our understanding of what the purpose of the church is on the earth. Amen? All right. Tell me more. Sure thing. I'll tell you more. So uh, we've got some uh, slides that will just kind of give a bit more information about uh, what it is. It's possibly out of sync on my... Oh, no, I can go that one. Technology. Um, there we go. All right. So the, we've got a, the main kind of training focus. There'll be two streams that will run. It'll be on a Wednesday night, okay? And there'll be two streams. So there'll be a discipleship focus, so an Oikos stream. So this will be providing kind of discipleship frameworks, stuff about Christianity. It could be like a, um, how, to, how to read the Bible, uh, how to pray for healing, how to, um, how to pray, um, you know, biblical foundations, all of that sort of stuff. So equipping you in your journey as Christians. So you might be a new Christian. You're like, I don't know a whole lot of stuff. You might be an old Christian and you're like, I don't know a whole lot of stuff. Um, I've been enculturated in, in kind of church culture, but what is this actually all about? You know, it could be about who is the Holy Spirit. All of that sort of stuff will be in the discipleship, kind of the oikos stream. And then the other stream that will be happening on the same night is the ecclesia stream or the kingdom kind of leadership stream that'll be happening so each Wednesday night there'll be two different training opportunities that you can partake in okay one's more about discipleship the other is more about leadership so it's every not every Wednesday night Wednesday nights three week blocks each kind of module will be and there'll be two training sessions on each night so it'll be 7 to 8 30 and, uh, and so there'll be one session then a second session so you can come along and be part of that uh, at this stage, it's all free uh, and it's open to anyone. So obviously, if it's like, if it's, the word starts to spread and we go crazy and expands and we'll have to think about what we do there, but, uh, but this is, it's just kind of open. We just want to make it accessible to everyone. If you're, maybe you're in a, in a, 
a family with like young kids, only one parent would come, then we're going to live stream or Zoom all of the sessions as well. Or if you can't make it on one particular night, it'll all be out there accessible online. Uh, if you are a tech web person, media person, come and see us because we'll need your help. Uh, we'll need every hand on deck uh, to see this happen. So does that make sense? So you can kind of sign up for a, for a three-week module. Uh, and you'll say, yes, I want to, and whatever that topic is, yes, I want to learn how to, how to pray for the sick and see healing come. And then, cool, well, for, for three weeks, it'll all be around healing. And then in the leadership stream, it could be, um, how do I uh, run a business with kingdom values? Or how do I uh, be a, a person of, of, of impact and influence in, in my neighborhood or whatever it might be? How do, I, how do I share the gospel in a way that actually connects with the world and is not like language and all of this stuff that doesn't make sense to people. So we call gospel fluency. Like this, we've got a whole kind of list of the different topics that'll be out there. So it'll be kind of like, and at any time you can jump into the leadership stream. Uh, the next three-week module, you could jump into the discipleship stream, depending on whatever kind of tickles your fancy of, of what's being on offer there. So that'll be starting February next year. Amen? All right. I know this is boring, but we'll get through it. I'm just joking. I'm sorry, I'm being sarcastic. Because... So, uh, and then as part of the kind of leadership stream of Kingdom Life, we are relaunching uh, Greenhouse. Yeah. So, um, but it's slightly different. It's reworked. So Greenhouse was, uh, was a, a kind of ministry training program we started a few years ago, just before COVID hit. Uh, so it kind of, we did a, a term and then it just bombed. It just didn't work over Zoom and lockdowns and all that sort of stuff. So we, we put it on hold, but we are relaunching it. And this will be an internship program, okay, that will exist within Kingdom Life. So if you sign up to the Greenhouse internship program, uh, it would be a, a one-year commitment. So going throughout the year, and it's a commitment to the leadership stream of Kingdom Life. So the, the training part of the Greenhouse internship is that you attend on the Wednesday nights the, um, the leadership or the ecclesia stream and teachings of what happens. So you might go, oh, but I really want to be in that discipleship one and, and learning there. It's like, well, you can't because uh, you're in this one, but you can watch that later. Okay, so... It's not to, you know, you won't miss out on any of the content. So you can, and really, you could be like, I'll do, I want to go to the discipleship one and I'll listen to the leadership one later on, okay? It's all up to you. So the difference with the internship is the subsequent things that we'll offer you, which is uh, mentoring and, and mentoring in kind of ministry involvement as well. So we want to take, this is the thing of when you understand having an impact in the world, every sphere is different. Every strategy will be different. I shared a few weeks ago a strategy of a business owner and how he kind of shaped the culture in his business with non-Christians in his business, but to reflect heaven and saw breakthrough and transformation there. But that works in that business, in that place with those, with those workers. It's going to be different for wherever you are. Okay, so we want to tailor things, but you might feel like, you know, I know that God's called me to have a significant impact and influence, but I just need help. I need mentoring and support as to how to creatively see that happen. Okay, so that's kind of what we're offering as part of that. And then you might say, hey, look, I, I'm not serving in a ministry at the moment, um, but I want to learn in, in a space, then we'll provide opportunities for you to do that. So it might be you're like, hey, I want to 
I really feel like God's calling me to, to impact the world through like counseling or, or transformation. So I was like, hey, there's opportunities that we can, as, a, as an intern, be involved in Lily Haven and get mentoring in that space. Could be at the crew in, in what's happening there. Could be in a, a church, like family ministry space that you want to get equipped in. And there's other opportunities that will be presented. It might be that you feel like God's put this dream and this desire in my heart to, to transform a particular, you know, to transform youth crime in our city. But I've, I've, all I've got is the vision. All I've got is the prophetic word. Help me and we'll say, cool, we'll partner with you to help you to, to do that journey to see that come about. Amen? So it's also activating all of those things, the different kind of ministry areas that are on people's lives. So if you say, you don't have to commit to, to Greenhouse, you can do all of the training, get all the equipping and not, but you just don't get the mentoring and kind of the intentional ministry investment uh, opportunity there. So that's the kind of the two big parts of what's happening in that. Um, so the, it'll be three weeks, three weeks, that's four, that's three. Three weeks of like of a module on a Wednesday and then the fourth week off. And that's going to be where we'll do our big kind of family dinners. So big regional family dinners is a place of connection for family. So we, we will announce more about like life hubs and, and what's happening with that uh, in the next kind of few weeks. But, um, but we're not, you know, so you might go, oh, but that's when my life hub would meet. It's okay. Um, number one, we'll all find community uh, in Kingdom Life. You don't have to do it. You might not be available at that time. That's totally understandable as well. But we still want the content and the resource to be, to be there for you. Um, but that's kind of the two big significant shifts and changes that are happening. Amen. Any questions? Uh, it's not a specific day. So again, it'll be more, the training will happen on the Wednesday night. And the other things will be tailored around kind of people's availability. So it'll be, if you, if you were part of Greenhouse previously, don't think of what it was. It's, it's a totally different kind of format of what we're doing. So any other questions? So Bethy just asked, with a discipleship stream, is it going to be more teaching at people or discussion, it'll be both. So to be presenting of topics, I think with both of the streams, it's going to be high interaction. Uh, I think that's how people learn learn best. Uh, obviously, in this format, it doesn't necessarily work to have you know ev everyone interacting back and forth. But it'll be depending on the, the size of the of the group that comes along, it'll be breaking off into into small groups, brainstorming, but it's really activating you in your own journey, giving opportunity to to ask questions. But what I love in the in discipleship. In any context, it's always good to be able to take the concept and to drill it down into your own life. Now, what we don't get in this scenario uh, when there's kind of preaching and teaching is that ability for each one of you. Hopefully, you're taking that and you're with the Lord or with others or in a DNA group, you're able to kind of process and sift to say, how does that concept apply to my life? So Greg taught on this concept last week. Biblical concept, how, Lord, what does that mean for me? How does that work into my life is really, really important. But there'll be uh, context on uh, within kingdom life for you to be able to do that. So I'm super excited. I feel like this is part of, uh, of, 
of, of a dream in my heart to see this happen. Uh, and I do know it's happening right across our city. It's going gonna, it's gonna to impact much broader. Uh, our, our, I believe our church exists to, to bless the bride of Christ in our city, uh, to see our city thrive, to see the church thrive. So it's like we want to give everything away. Uh, we're, not, we're not kind of holding things back. We're not trying to be the church or to have any sort of significant name or, or whatever. We just want to see his kingdom come and his will be done. Um, and so I just... Yeah, would love and invite you to be a part of, of what God's doing uh, to be equipped. Uh, and if you've got ideas and, and stuff or even topics like, I would love to learn about this, just email it through info at paradox.church and we can see if it fits within, uh, within what we're doing. Amen. 11.30, bang on, I'm going to pray and then we're going to eat and get children and things. Thank you, Father. Well, Lord, uh, again, we just come before you uh, with, with what we believe is your plan and your vision uh, for next year, God, but, uh, but we continue just to stay in that place of yieldingness, Lord. Father, there is, we don't want a good idea, we want a God idea. We don't want just a, a good way, we want God's way, your way. And so, Father, we just continue to yield to you. Father, we know that uh, even this, this idea, is, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll cost us, Lord, uh, to do, but we are excited for the fruit that will come from the investment, Lord. So, Father, we pray even over this next season, the preparation, the team that will be putting it together, Lord, uh, we just pray for your wisdom, uh, your insight. Father, we thank you. We pray a blessing over the end of this year, but Father, especially into next year, God, we just thank you, Father, for the ways that your kingdom is going to come into this city, the ways that your kingdom is going to come into this region, that this nation will be blessed by you as your people awaken to their calling to be the church of God in the world, to see their role as spiritual governors, Lord, of administrators of the kingdom of God, to see the culture of heaven impact every sphere. And we thank you, Lord, I just ask, Father, that you would speak to each one of us, Lord, really embed in our hearts who we are and the significance of what you have called us to do, not just who we are called to be, but also what you have called us to do, Lord. There are good works prepared in advance for us that we should walk in them. So we say yes and amen to your desire, to your plan, and we thank you for your power and your presence to fulfill all of your dreams and your desires in us and through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Bless you, bless you, love you. Enjoy your afternoon. If you're new, please connect in. Um, just say hello to someone new. Love on people. Amen. Bless you guys. Thanks for your time.